Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode, I think it's number 23 now, Ivan. Yeah, I'm I think so. From the stands. <laughs> uh, we kind of keep uh, keep having these little bit of delays in between episodes, but uh, like we said, it's the summer and uh, other family, family and camp and softball. baseball and softball <laughs> getting away. Uh, and we did our uh, softball team proud again this year, uh, finishing in the bottom of the division. Yes. <laughs> in usual well, fashion. Why well, change a good thing? Hey, we still we still had fun. Yeah. Uh, so when I was looking back, uh, again preparing for this episode, I, I was looking back, uh, listening to our last episode, and man, it looked it looked gloomy. It really did. It really we, did. We were kind of well, you know, if they go on a hot run, they can kind of maybe challenge for this wild card. Maybe if if this goes well, and then you know they played a, a few games. And I remember, I remember uh, we were playing softball and I, I, I talked to Ivan and I said, you know, they really need to sweep the A's. Do, do, you, do you think we could do it? Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could, but, yeah. and lo and behold, then they swept the A's. And uh, I, for those of you who follow the Blue Jays, Blue Jays, obviously, you know, they've gone on this tear winning the last 13 out of 15 games. It's That's... been, and. Sorry, I should I probably introduce ourselves. Uh, I'm your co-host Mickey, along with my buddy Ivan. Hey guys. All right. <laughs> so see, it's been a while. Not used it's, to the nice to the setup. Yeah. So the Jays now, as of right now, like at this minute, at 7:18 p.m. on the 15th of September, uh, 2021, the Jays are half a game up in the wild card race. Who saw that coming? Well, if you would have asked me two weeks ago, I would have been uh, like at that point. I think we we're like three or four games out, and it was just really bleak. It looked bleak, right? Um, yeah. You know, actually, I, th- I think we at that point we were five and a half. Ge- we were five and a half games out at uh, some one point. point yeah, yeah, it was <clears throat> just you know we couldn't hit that, that series against Detroit, and we just couldn't get a hit. Yeah, and I mean, it didn't look good. But then, and I'll, I'll before we get into this recap. What at what point do you think this this all changed? I think we'll both have the same answer. So, at what point did this like this turnaround change, uh, happen all of a sudden? That massive comeback against the A's. Yeah, that's exactly it. I think it was that that Guriel Grand Slam was the start of it. Yeah, and we'll talk about this in a second. Guriel Grand Slam in the eighth inning to tie it. Then they go up and give up two runs in the ninth. Yeah, you're just like oh. <laughs> I'm playing with my emotions. <laughs> You know, we've been this huge comeback. We're at one point we're down eight to two, and then we come back to tie it eight eight. And then we give up two runs, and, the, and then it's ten eight. And you're like, oh no! But then, then Marcus Simeon, yeah, comes in against his old teammates, right? And then three run home run walk off and wins it. I mean, that was, and then the Jays went on a tear. Yeah, win the next, winning the next thirteen out of fifteen games. And you know, if if Vlad wasn't having such a good season, I would say. Possibly Simeon could be your MVP of the league. Yeah. If it's not Otani. Otani, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I mean, we'll talk about this after. Let, let's, let, let's start with the recap. Yep. We'll, we'll, we'll do the uh, the recap and Jay's uh, this really awesome. Uh, <laughs> this is really exciting to talk about because we're winning. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's, uh, it's, 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 it was a great couple of weeks. So let's, let's start on September 3rd. We just talked about it. Uh, Oakland 10, Toronto 11, which doesn't really give you the entire picture. As, as we said, the Jays are down at one point, eight to two. Uh, the Guriel comes in, hits a grand slam to tie it at eight. We give up two runs in the ninth. 
and then Marcus Simeon hits a walk-off through run home run to win the game. And that's been kind of the, the, the story of the, the Jays. Um, and their pitching line in that game was, Manoa was really off that game. I remember watching it, and he was yeah. just five innings pitch, five hits, six earned runs, two strikeouts. He just didn't look sharp. And that's, that's the game he was hitting batters. Remember, he was like, he think he hit Sterling Marte in the head. Yeah, he had, yeah, and he had hit um, well, the other guy first there too. Yeah, uh, the, uh, Josh, Josh Harrison or Her, yeah, Harrison, I think. Harrison, it was. yeah. yeah. And he was melting off on the way to first base. Then obviously he wasn't doing it intentionally. He didn't want to put runners on first and second. Hit the guy in the head. He, he looked looked upset by it. Yeah. Um, and then even Romano, Romano wasn't good that game. He that was the it's, he's only gave up uh, two runs in the ninth. Yeah, blows save, but he gets a win. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's that's why some stats in baseball are kind of tricky, right? Yeah. And then Pearson, uh, he made his I guess his recall debut. Yeah. Uh, went in and pitched three hits, one earned run, no strikeouts. Uh, so, I mean, all things considered, Jay's got a win. All right, you know, we we beat the team we needed to beat that was ahead of us in the wild card, and then comes on to September fourth, Oakland eight, Jay's ten. And this one sounds a lot closer than it actually was. Barrios pitched a great game, uh, six, six and two thirds. He gave up four hits, uh, three earned runs and had seven strikeouts. He started to become that pitcher, you know, where we were expecting when we got, uh, yeah. he's the pitcher we, we, we were expecting the first game after we got him from the trade deadline. Right. Exactly. Uh, the Jays gave up five runs in the ninth inning uh, <laughs> to make it close, but uh, still came up with a win. So that was we were on a roll, right? It's yep. two in a row, right? We're feeling good about ourselves, and then you got to feel good about yourself because the next game you're, you have Robbie Ray on the, on the mound, and the Jays uh, win that one eight to nothing. Uh, Robbie Ray is doing what Robbie Ray does in his tight pants uh, every game. And before we continue, I got to get one of those T-shirts. I ordered one. Did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> so for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, they, uh, the the Jays Care Foundation are selling uh, T-shirts for uh, Robbie Ray T-shirts. And uh, I don't know what it entirely says. I know that it says Ray on the front, and uh, but the A, the capital A, is Robbie Ray's tight pants. Yeah, tight, Robbie Ray in his tight pants. Um, so, and I, I like to I like to take some credit for this because we we mentioned it like when it first started. And I went, yeah, that guy's pants are extremely tight. It's become a thing. So, anyways, uh, Robbie Ray pitched really well. Uh, a shutout, ten strikeouts. Yep. And who else pitched well that game? Nate Pearson. Yes. One inning pitched, no hits, no earn runs, three strikeouts. And that's the guy we were kind of hoping, you know, especially down the stretch for in the bullpen you could kind of rely on. Exactly. Um, so then, you know, now we're moving. Now we're rolling. We've won uh, three in a row. We've gained some ground on the wild card. But then we got to go to New York. And typically, we don't, really, we don't usually play very well in New York. No. September 6th, Jays. Eight New York, nothing. Ryu, Ryu pitched a beautiful game. Yep. Uh, six innings pitched, uh, three hits, uh, six strikeouts. Uh, he pitched again what we needed in New York, and he pitched really well. So all right, now now we're now we're all right. We're, we're going. It's four wins in a row, boys. Let's let's go. Let's keep it moving. September seventh, Jays five, New York one. Stephen Matz not really sharp, right? He was uh, six innings pitched, seven hits. Uh, but only gave up one and run. Yeah, so he was effective. So when, when you when you hear those announcers say he really scattered those hits, well, he actually did scatter those hits, yeah. right? One and run, six strikeouts. Uh, the captain, 
Captain Kirk hit two home runs that game. And this is kind of a nice dilemma the Jays now have in front of us. We have three catchers that are hitting. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about Jansen after this. But so Jansen, we have Jansen. Um, McGuire. Sticky fingers, McGuire. And uh, I can't let it go. The captain. <laughs> and the captain, Alejandro Kirk, who's kind of become uh, Robbie Ray's personal catcher. Right? He has. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. <clears throat> but if you remember, I think uh, Robbie Ray would always use like the, the backup catcher. I think even when uh, Jansen was when Jansen was uh, starting, they would have we had uh, what's his face Riley Adams. Right, he'd be catching for Robbie Ray. So Robbie Ray doesn't care. <laughs> give me the young guy. Robbie Ray doesn't give a crap. Uh, September. So now we've got uh, how many games in a row now? That's uh, one, two, three, four, five games in a row now. There's no way we're gonna win another one in New York. We do. J six New York three. Manoa pitched a beautiful game. Five and two thirds, five hits, three uh, three earned runs. Four strikeouts. And then to close out the series, September 9th, now you're really thinking, okay, we're not going to sweep New York in New York, are we? Uh-huh. Yeah, we did. J6, New York 4. Barrios pitched six, two, six and two-thirds, five hits, two earned runs, eight strikeouts. Pearson uh, pitched this one. He, again, because kind of up and down, uh, an inning pitch, two hits, two earned runs, two strikeouts. But this series kind of cemented this new Jays team. Yeah. And there's something that happened for the first time in like a hundred years. Yeah. The first time that the, the Yankees had a series at home where they did not have the lead at, at least once. Yeah. I think it was since 1908. Yeah. Yeah. It was the, that's incredible. And that is incredible. And the Jays scored a lot of runs. I mean, it wasn't nothing like we're going to be talking about in a second, <laughs> but they scored a lot of runs and didn't give up a lot. Right, and that's how you win ball games. So now that's four wins against the Yankees, three wins against Oakland. We're flying now high. We won, now we won seven in a row. Wow, Baltimore, come yeah. on, piece of cake. Uh, Jays three, Baltimore six. Yeah, oh. <laughs> you know, we just that was that. And, I, and that and happened then, the day before our playoff games, and we we're like, oh man, oh man, it just really set a bad taste in your mouth. Exactly, exactly. right for our, our softball league. Uh, Robbie, Robbie Ray didn't have a good, this, but this, this game was interesting. So Robbie Ray didn't pitch well. Uh, he had four and a third innings, eight hits, three and runs, eight strikeouts. This is the first, uh, appearance by Merriweather who came back after his IL stint. He didn't pitch well, two thirds in innings, three runs, three earned. And he was kind of put in a pressure situation. Yeah. And I don't think they wanted to put him in that one. But why I say this game is interesting is the little, uh, Back and forth between Robbie Ray and the Orioles manager, Braden Hyden, I think his name is. And the absence of Charlie Montoyo in that whole situation. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that. So just to build the scene, I guess I think it's around the third inning. Robbie Ray's on the mound, and what's being said is underlay. And he Robbie Robbie Ray's got a, a obviously a very good slider. Yep. And for whatever reason, I think he's got uh, I think they were saying he's got a 45% swing and miss rate on his slider except in Camden Yards, where it's like 30%. Not a huge difference, but it's still 15%. Right. So he's finding it really interesting that the Orioles aren't biting at that slider. And Robbie Ray this year, especially, everyone's swinging at that slider and missing. So I think what Robbie Ray hears is in the dugout is underlay, underlay, and he thinks that they're tipping his pitches, right? Right. So... If you watch, and we talked about this guy before, John John Boy, 
on YouTube. He's got a great video kind of breaking this, breaking this down. And I guess Robbie Ray says something like shut up to the dugout or something. And then, then that starts like, the Orioles manager, Braden uh, Hyden. He Hyden. says, yeah, he's, uh, he starts mouthing. I pretty vulgar. Yeah. And there was nobody in the, in the stadium. So everybody can hear it. Even the broadcasters could hear it. <laughs> like all, all, all 11 people in the stadium were, were getting involved. Um, yeah. And it was, if you listen to the broadcast of Buck Martinez and Pat Tyler, I don't know. This is why you need announcers at the stadium because they had no idea what was going on. Right. Oh, someone's yelling at somebody down there. Uh, well, it's clearly Robbie Ray is clearly staring at the dugout and Hayden and uh, Hayden or Hayden, sorry, is, uh, yelling back at him and get your get your effing butt back on the mound. I mean, I'm I'm using the the, the PG terms here, um, and it was a it was a really it was a heated heated exchange. And you're right. This is this is where uh, you get a little bit. Uh, I don't want to say upset, but a little. You start to question Charlie Montoyo. Yeah. Because in this his pitcher, his ace, is getting in a verbal altercation with the manager of the Orioles. Shouldn't you not be coming out of the dugout and saying, exactly. you know, like you, like yelling the other manager yeah. shut up or telling at least telling the umpire, hey, you want to tell the guy to shut up? My yeah. friend, leave, tell are, him to leave my player alone. Yeah, and right? he didn't. Right, he didn't and, do anything. Uh, I don't know. Did you listen? To, was it did did he talk about that after the game? Did he didn't really want to talk about it. So Robbie Ray basically explained what his thoughts were, and he's not the one that told anybody from the dugout to shut up. It was somebody else that was telling okay. DJ Stewart to shut up. And that's right. why, and that's why it's hard, right? We can't see who's saying what. Right. Right. And, um, and then what happened is I guess he was staring in the dugout and that's when Hyde just started mouthing off to him. Right. And then at one point, like Ray, like Hyde was mouthing off to him and Ray kind of looked at him and then just kind of shook his head collected himself threw another pitch, struck the guy out. And then he was looking back and then Hyde just kept on, going and that's when ray just put his arms up and said let's go then yeah and then hyde's like ah you know keep your mouth shut blah 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 all this stuff yeah because not saying, uh, i don't think saying, i want to mess with robbie ray uh, no exactly right <laughs> and, and hyde's like we're not saying nothing here we're not saying nothing and then it just kind of died down but at this whole point like between the initial confrontation or look or yelling back and forth there was a strikeout and then there was another secondary kind of confrontation. And then this whole time, Charlie Montoyo did absolutely nothing. Nothing. Uh, and that's disheartening. I mean, if <laughs> so I find myself in a little bit of conundrum. So I've, I've, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big Charlie Montoyo fan. I think he's a terrible bullpen manager. I think he panics in the late innings. Like to, we'll get into tonight's today's game. So today's game, the Jays are up six to one and going in the ninth inning. He puts in Joaquin Soria, who, to be honest, has looked terrible. Terrible. Um, I don't. I don't think he should be part of the bullpen anymore. I think we should DFA him. I think he should just be. I don't know. I don't know what you do with him unless you're getting blown out. Put him in the game. But then he gets Matt. He gets um, Tim Mesa. Yeah. Like, can we just relax for a second? You're still up three runs. There are a lot of other guys in the bullpen that can handle this. Can we just, you don't have to panic all of a sudden, especially it's, after you, you know, you got an out or two outs and you still have Mesa warming up and all. It's just, anyways, because they've got on this winning streak and they're starting to, they're going to most likely challenge for the wild card at least. He's going to keep his job. 
Yep. You can't fire the manager now. <laughs> right? uh, but uh, that was a perfect example of why I don't like his managerial style. I know he's supposed he, to be upbeat and happy. Yeah, he's too nice. Exactly. He doesn't have the, so, you, I mean, I mean, you know, you can't, you don't always have to be like bullheaded, like, uh, like, you know, Buck Showalter or anything or like Pinella that. Or, you know, yeah. yeah. Like you don't have to get like completely unhinged every time something doesn't go your way. But in a situation like this, you can't just sit back and just kind of watch your starter have an argument with the other team's manager. Like I get, if it's a player, let the players deal with it. Right. This is the other team's manager. And that's where you need to step out, either go to the home plate ump and say, hey, hey, can you deal with this? Because well, honestly, well, then, at the very least, right? Go yeah. tell the umpire, say, hey, listen, you just shut him up. Yeah. Like, it's, and he's your ace. Yeah. Like, I know for you is cost more money, but really, <laughs> when that wild card game comes, who's going to be pitching it? I want Ray in there. I think everybody does, right? And we saw what happened with Ryu last year in a, you know, a crucial game. He got smoked. I mean, just... He, and you want that, that you want that swing and miss stuff, and that's what Ray has, and uh, that was disappointing. But it was it was nice. To, I'd like to see in that conference. I'd like seeing Ray get a little like, all right, you want to see that, all right? Because because yeah. what Ray, you know, he only pitched four and a third, but after that confrontation, man, he was unhittable. Yeah, <laughs> he was mad, and it was it was pretty awesome to see. Yeah, anyway. his pitch count had gotten right up there, and that's yeah. why he came out. Yeah, he gave up a. I think right before this whole thing started, he gave up a triple. It was three nothing. He gave up a triple, but he didn't let him score. Uh, it was. <laughs> I like Robbie Ray. I really hope we sign him in the offseason. Same, same. <laughs> but that's a that's a conversation for another day, I think. Yeah. Uh, but then, so Jays lose one, I and mean, then you're thinking, oh no, yeah, here we go. The wheels are falling off. <laughs> yeah, it is. we just won all these games against hard teams, and now we're gonna, you know, fall and get our butts kicked by the Baltimore Royals. Nope. <laughs> Game mm-hmm. one of a doubleheader close Jays 11 Baltimore 10 Ryu got beat up a little bit yeah, two and yeah. a third eight hits seven and runs Pearson pitched kind of well <laughs> <laughs> I don't know I don't know about this guy like, he, he's got such good stuff anyways two innings pitched one hit two strikeouts two walks and hey whatever we we still beat them yep, yep. <laughs> it was a it was a uh, free-for-all on hits, but game two, Jays 11, Orioles two. And so that's back-to-back games, Jays score 11 runs. But this is the game they were being no hit. That's, 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 a, I totally forgot about that. Uh, yes, that's right. So the Jays, uh, this, yeah, because Hatch pitched four innings, not bad. Three, okay. you know, three, uh, three hits, three, uh, one and run, three strikeouts. Um, Richards, who's actually pitching well now, really well. Uh, one inning pitch, two strikeouts, no hits. He's actually, Richards is actually seven and two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so the Jays are being, they're down what, two nothing? Yeah. <laughs> Up to the sixth inning, it's Aiken, I think is the name of the Orioles pitcher. They're being no hit. And you're thinking, oh. <laughs> <laughs> How are we, and his ERA is over seven. I know, I know. At the start of the game. And because if you watch, if you're watching the box scores, you're watching the game, you see his ERA kind of slowly drop as the innings go by, and you're thinking, we can get no hit, and it's, it won't be a technical like my, I'm using air quotes and no hitter because <laughs> it's, it's only innings. seven innings, but it's still going to be demoralizing. And then the Jays decided, oh, enough of this, yeah. score eleven runs <laughs> in the last inning. <laughs> in the last inning. <laughs> and this is how lethal this offense is, right? Yeah. And and we'll talk. I think we'll talk about this after we 
we finished this this but they just look like different hitters right now like they, so what's different and i think it's what's changed over the last little while from when they were kind of slumping a little bit is the hitters have gone back to their approach from earlier in the season where they're willing to go and and just you know push for the single and turn the lineup over Whereas during that like off period, everybody seemed to be swinging for the fences, trying to get the big hit. And I, and I think everybody was pressing it. Now everybody is like hitting singles and doubles. And, and of course the home runs are coming because they happen, right? If you make solid contact and you're not trying for a home run, they just happen sometimes. Right. And I mean, they just look, yeah, right. I mean, they've gone back to exactly what they were supposed to be doing earlier in the season, which was, you know, um, Two-strike approach. Two-strike approach. And just make contact. Go with what the pitcher gives you. So speaking of two-strike approach, or, uh, if you follow us on Twitter, <laughs> I don't know if many of you do, but if, if you do follow us on Twitter, we actually tweeted uh, Scott Carson, who's the stats guy. Uh, Scott Carson is a stats guy for Sportsnet. He's in the booth with, with, the, with the announcers, and anytime there's like a, a stat that needs, or they need research, he's the guy. And uh, he's actually very... Um, I'll say vocal. He's, he's big on Twitter. So if you, usually if you, if you mention him in tweet, he'll respond to you. I, this is like, it's a couple of times I've, I've talked to them, kind of had a back and forth. So anyways, last, last night and uh, oh, Bichette was 0-2 again. <laughs> and it just seemed like, I, I don't know about you. I've been like, but have you noticed that like, he's always 0-2? That's because it's so aggressive early in the count. Right. And he's just, and he's fun. Then he fouls like a billion, a billion pitches off and he gets a, you know, the count back to two and two, but in any event, so I, I, I tweet, this, our, our fans in the stands account tweets uh, Scott Carson. I said, it seems Bo Bichette is always 0-2. Any statistical evidence to back me up or am I out to lunch? And then Scott Carson replied, coming into today, being yesterday, he started 140 of 617, so 22.7% of his plate appearances, 0 and 22.7% of his plate appearances were 0 and 2 <laughs> that's fifth ranked in major league baseball so yes it happens a lot <laughs> it's pretty interesting that, that was pretty cool yeah um but and he's still buying 290 what 291 293 right 293 like any, anyways so that was just that was the warm-up you know that was like the appetizer that was the appetizer for sunday's <laughs> game that was the uh that was the garlic <laughs> bread at the table the bread basket because uh whoo september 12th jay's scored uh what would, i guess would be two touch three touchdowns or three touchdowns in a in a two-point conversion and the uh, ravens i mean the uh, orioles got seven so 22 to 7 22 to 7 that's uh letting a big dog eat <laughs> <laughs> like matt's matt's matt started the game for those of you who don't remember uh because there's a lot of offense he it wasn't great. Six innings pitched, six hits, five run runs, six strikeouts. He didn't need to be. I'm going to give him a pass because look at how long he'd have to sit between going in and out. That, I think, and I, I could be wrong. I've, again, I've never played Major League Baseball. But I would imagine at that point, when you're up by that many runs, you just get the ball over the plate. Yep. If they hit some, they hit some. You know, you just want, you just want your guys to go back up, right? So it's, I don't think he was nibbling corners or trying too hard to, you know, get strikeouts. I think he was just trying to get the ball over the plate and just give him like, some, uh, yeah, give him some innings, some innings to, you know, to chew on. So this is a, this is an interesting stat. Nine NFL teams 
on Sunday, so the, the 12th of September, the same day the Jays are playing, scored less, scored less <laughs> than the Jays did. The Buffalo Bills scored less runs, less runs or touchdowns, I guess, than the Jays scored. Uh, and here's here's what the Jays here's the Jays uh, batting lineup batting line on the in the third inning. So top of the third inning, this, so this is this is a video game. Walk, double, double, single, home run, single, single, walk, grand slam, walk, foul out, double, double, strikeout. <laughs> that was in one inning. I know. For those of you scoring at home, it was walk, double, double, single, home run, single, single, walk, grand slam, walk, foul out, double, double, strikeout. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Yeah, that was... Uh... That was quite the game to watch. It was fun to watch. It was fun to watch. And so then, you know, we had this good momentum rolling. I think we, I forget, I think it's the most runs scored in, what do they say, four innings? Yeah. First four in four innings, they, they scored 20. The, Go ahead. Yeah, and it was also the most runs scored in the four-game series. Yeah, and then they, they, it was most ever runs in Major League Baseball in the live ball area, live ball era in four innings. So yeah. if you include the 11-run outburst, Yep. On the night before, including the third inning, that's, yeah, I think it was like 28 runs. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Dual record is 25. So then we uh, decided to come home. We're on a, you know, we're feeling good about ourselves. We're now uh, first in the wild card and we beat the, we beat the guys we never beat, beat the Rays eight to one. Yeah. Manoa pitched really well. That was, he, he was throwing a no hitter. He was, he like, and I even tweeted this. I said, his stuff is moving so much tonight. It, like his slider was dipping down and falling off the table. And his, his fastball was just cutting in on righties. It was just amazing. Eight innings pitched, one hit, 10 strikeouts. 10 strikeouts. I don't know what the rookie of the year race looks like right now, but I think he's got to be at least in the conversation. Yeah. Unfortunately, Randy or Rosarena is the one that's kind of leading the charge. Uh, yeah. It's too bad though. Yeah. It's September 4th, so yesterday, September 14th, uh, Bay 2, Jays nothing. It was no fault of Barrios who pitched a great game, seven innings pitch, four hits, uh, one, earned, one earned run. He left with some tightness, I think you said, in his, uh, in his abdominal. Yeah. Um, but apparently it's the day-to-day thing, and he shouldn't miss a start. That was a boring game. It was a boring game. Uh, and it seems like the Ray games are typically boring. I just, they're just not interesting to watch. There's like all this extra shifting in it. And did you do, did you notice that Montoyo shifts more against the Rays? It's like, he's like trying to prove a point to his former team, right? That Hey, I can shift too. And then he puts a four man outfield and it's like, dude, really? <laughs> we haven't done that all year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. I, I forgot to mention the, the game on the 13th, the game before uh, Yarborough came in. Yes. He's typically a Jays killer. Yeah. But man, they ever have a good game plan against Yarborough that day. He was throwing them what changeups outside and they're laying off it. Yeah. And uh, anyways, so that was two nothing. Then today they just finished about an hour and a half ago. Uh, 10 of a three J six. It was actually six to one going into the ninth. And then uh, Joaquin Soria gave up a couple runs. Uh, Robbie Ray, Robbie Ray, you know, 12 and five doing Robbie Ray things. Seven innings pitched, um, 13 strikeouts. 13 strikeouts. One so what did they say? That was like he leads the league and starts with more than 10 strikeouts? <laughs> like, 
where did, I want to say, where did this come from? It came from Arizona. Um, <laughs> but I, 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 I can't wait till we do our like end of the year. Yeah. Listen to our first podcast and, and <laughs> listen to our predictions. So I, I think we both said, Oh, Robbie Ray, if you know, if he's, you know, like he was in 2017 or something. Lucky, like that. and you know, yeah. uh, you know, I was hoping for that. He'd be a third, you know, he's our third starter, and <laughs> this guy's now the ace of the staff, leading the league in strikeouts. So right now, as we sit, and I just checked, I think I just checked the scores, and I believe um, the uh, Boston Red Sox are now up, yeah, seven to three on the Mariners in the top. Oh. <laughs> so it'll be a three-way tie for well, depending on what the Yankees do against <laughs> the Orioles, but. Um, it'll be a tie still, and this is going to be a battle throughout, right? We're not, I, I, I don't expect the, the Red Sox and Yankees to roll over. Right. Uh, I think it's going to be a battle all the way through. What's kind of good, I've, I've read about, or I've seen the schedule, is that the Seattle and Oakland play a lot against each other. So yes. their, their games are going to cancel each other out. So it, that really, that's not going to affect the Jays that much. And our schedule lines up. I don't want to. I don't want to jinx them. I'm going to knock on wood. Um, it's it's lining up pretty nicely. It is for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say that with some like yeah, some yeah. hesitation. I, I believe so. We play again on Friday. We play three games against Minnesota. Three against Minnesota. In Minnesota, and right? then three. Oh no. Uh, so no. These these games are in Toronto. Okay. And then we go into Tampa Bay on Monday for three yeah and then into minnesota for four so those so let's let's again let's play we've done this all year let's yeah. let's i would give us against minnesota we sh- oh, i don't want to <laughs> jinx, jinx it we should win more than we lose i would we should we should we should um it looks like the first start was uh first start is ryu pitching against pineda that's a that's a good that's a good pitching matchup, and then you have uh, the next game is Mats against Ober. Again, that's a pretty good matchup. But the Jays are hitting though, and then it's to be determined on the Sunday. Yeah. So the so, thing is, is that Minnesota is sixty four and eighty two right now. Yeah. So they're and they're last in the Central Division. So this is a team we need to beat up on. We really need to take take at least at least two or three, yeah. Especially going into Tampa, where we play horribly. It's a house of horrors there. It really is. You know, you need to take advantage of the softer part of your schedule, which is Minnesota. Then you go to Minnesota for four. Hopefully, you get again at least three out of four, and then that sets you up for the last six games of the year: three against New York, yep, in Toronto, which. Could oh, determine who's in the wild card and who isn't. Do not. So I mean, this is going to get really interesting. And then your last three games against Baltimore. Yeah. So if we score another seventy-five runs against them, uh... <laughs> we should. Uh, this is. Uh, it, I mean, it's going to come down to the wire, which I, I think we all expected uh, at the start of the year that we would be challenging for a wild card. And it's just when you saw the run differential for us, it was just a matter of time. I think that you know things started shifting the way they're supposed to shift and. Uh, we're, we're where we need to, I think we're where we need to be. Um, I, I mean, I've been, we're talking before the podcast and, and, you know, there are only eight games out first place. And I say only eight with, uh, how many games left to play, uh, top of my head, three, six, 10, 13, 16 games left. Yeah. 
I don't think. Unless they go into Minnesota, sweep Minnesota, sweep Tampa Bay, they might be might be close. Close. You never know, right? Tampa, a... Tampa Bay is a really solid team. And and one thing with Tampa Bay is that they never really got cold. No. They were always that even keel, kind of consistent, win two, lose one, win and three, them, lose one. And watching this series, you just you have to wonder how do they do it? Yeah. Because they're there's no pitcher that, you know, they'd, they'd walk a pitching today. Not good. No. Nope. Yarbrough out of the bullpen. Even his ERA, not against Toronto, was like 489. They just, they lost uh, Glasnow, but they're still like almost at 90 wins. Yeah. And you just, you, you, it's smoke and mirrors. And like, there's no hitter that's like Nelson Cruz, who's, I don't know, 80 years old. It's, it's, yeah. And, and they're, and that's the thing though, right? They have, a whole bunch of like not superstars but good players whereas a lot of teams rely on like two or three stars and then the rest of the team is like just garbage right like right? The, the, the giants are kind of yeah. that that team right now right a bunch of like good players who are performing well but not there's not that guy that hits 30 home runs right so yeah i don't know how the rays are doing it but good for them um that team, uh, I, every year I'm, I'm amazed that team finished the first place. Yeah. Uh, so the Jays have been, obviously, if you looked at their, their slugging percentage over the past month, I think the lowest one I think I saw yesterday was Gritchick. <laughs> was it 918 or something? Nine, yeah. OPS of nine. <laughs> and that, that, that catch he made today in center field was... Well, that was amazing. That was Kevin Pilar-esque. Yep. It was really nice because a little, uh, for those who didn't see the game, it was a little pop-up, not shouldn't say pop-up, it was a fly ball to center, short center field. The Jays had shifted to the left side, so Simeon was playing over top of the bay at second. He ran out towards the outfield, but he didn't have a chance to get that ball. The only person that could get it was Gritchick, and he made a dive, front face dive, and grab it. And, yeah. And, I, and I, I think he's feeling the pressure because they've stuck Dickerson out in center field a couple of times, right? So he's he like... He's like, if I'm going to get playing time, I really got to like step it up. And if I can't get my back going, I might as well put my defense because his defense has always been decent. Like decent, felt- not never like spectacular, no. but not, never, he's not going to hurt you. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I, I, I would say he's, he's, be- he's a better defender than Dickerson. Yeah. At least in, in center field, at least. And I, let me know what you think about this. I seem to think that uh, the Rays were diving for balls that they didn't have to dive for. Yeah. Like did that, was it just me, <laughs> or like like a little like a looper in the left field that they're going to catch probably on the run? They go into a slide, didn't make a catch. It was kind of like it was a little, it was kind of, it was kind of a little ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I digress. I think they're trying to rec- recreate what they did when they won against the Jays two to nothing, where they were right. like catching everything. They were in the right spot every single time. And that comes down, and they're a big analytics team. Obviously. They are. We, we yeah. know this from you know the World <laughs> Series last year where they pulled their starter who was throwing Snell, who was throwing a gem yeah. in the sixth inning. Um, but anyway, yeah, they rely heavily on stats. And actually, uh, Kevin Cash today said uh, he, his, if you, his, they, they, do, they just go down the rabbit hole with these stats, right? And uh, Robbie Ray's analytics are just through the roof. He said, yeah. Kevin Cash is just absolutely blown away by the year that Robbie Ray's having. So speaking of Robbie Ray, so I, I think we can all – we can all agree that he's at least in the, at least if not the leader in the Cy Young. That would be my pick. Cy Young voting. I mean, so let's, 
I have, and I don't know what your thoughts are. So I have the top, my top three would be um, Robbie Ray, uh, Garrett Cole, Cole yeah. and Lance Lynn was kind of there. And then you had, and you had, uh, what was the other guy, Rondon? Yeah, Rondon, kind and of. And then Chris Bassett until he took a ball in the face. <laughs> Poor Chris Bassett. Poor Chris so, Bassett. So really, to be like, let's, let's be fair. It's really between Garrett Cole. I would, I would think. Yeah, it's a, it's a two man race right now, and I would give the lead to to Ray right now. He's leading the league in innings pitched. He's leading the the league in uh, ERA. He's leading the league in strikeouts. He's leading the league in WAR. At this point, if he doesn't get it, I think the baseball writers association i think they're all insane <laughs> well you, you'd hope it's not this like american this you know new york bias right so to give you to give our listeners out there an idea of what we're talking about so garrett cole is 15 and 7 15 wins 7 losses Bobby ray is now today after today 12 and 5 yeah garrett cole's got a era of i mean a war of 5.9 Bobby ray's got an, a war of 6.3 uh, Garrett Cole's got a 163 and two thirds innings pitched. Robbie Ray's got 177 innings pitched after today. Garrett Cole's given up 127 hits. Um, Robbie Ray after today's given up 136 hits. Garrett Cole's got 224 strikeouts, and Robbie Ray now has 233 strikeouts. Robbie Ray's got an ERA of 2.64 after today, and Garrett Cole 2.75. Yeah. So you're right. I mean, in all statistical categories, I mean, there's a couple. He's given up what? Uh, Ray's given up six more hits. But he's also pitched way more innings. Way more innings. That's a good point. And has, you know, almost 10 more strikeouts. Uh, I, <laughs> and he's carrying his team to the wild card. I shouldn't say carrying his team. I mean, they have, they've had some good starts by Ryu and Manoa. But I would argue that, I mean, he's, he's the ace of this, the staff now. Yeah. So that's our Cy Young. I, I think if, I mean, it's still, what, two weeks left to go in a season. If Ray pitches the way Ray pitches. Yeah, he's going to get, amazing. what, three more starts? Yeah, yeah roughly. Roughly. Three, Maybe three, and then he'll be your wild card starter. Yeah. So I'll ask you the question. And we talked about this before the podcast. If so, it comes down to a wild card game, and all your all your pitchers are available for whatever reason. We've got a two game lead in the wild card. We can pitch whoever we want. Who are you starting? I'm starting Ray. Yeah, hundred percent. Right? Is it, it's, you don't have to think about it. Yeah. He's um, been your most consistent pitcher all year long. Right. So let's say. It comes down to the last game of the season. You need to win. We just find out, uh, well, it's a day game, so who knows. It's, it's, you're tied in the standings. It's three-way tied in the standings. So you need to win this game. So you, you, you push Ray to pitch that game because you need to win. Now who do you start your wild card game? I think I would go with Manoa. Yeah, right? And I was, I was thinking, it's, it's funny how this guy that we, you know, we kind of, you know, been praising most of the year. Ryu's been, yeah. I mean, when, when things were, when pitches were going down and uh, we need some consistency, we usually stood, stood up. But 
yeah, you, you want that swing and miss stuff in a wild card game, right? You just can't have, I don't know what it is with you because yeah. he's good for two starts, bad start. I don't know if it's pressure. I don't know. And, and see, the thing is, here's, here's my thinking about this. If you go back to 2016, Stroman was the one that started for the Jays in the wild card game. Stroman goes in there with that swagger. I can do this. This is what I want. I'm here for the big game. And I feel the same type of attitude from Alec Manoa. I'm the man. I'm going in. This is my game. I'm taking this game. And that's the kind of attitude you want going into the wildcard game. And we all saw what happened to Ryu in last year's wildcard game. That that Strowman analogy is a really good one. You're right. It's the same kind of, he's got the same kind of swagger, right? Without without so much of the lip. Um, Speaking of Strowman, he's having a, Great year. Amazing year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, again, we seem to have given nothing. We, we seem to got, have gotten nothing in return for him. Well, that's not true. We did get Berrios, I guess, in, in a kind of like, like roundabout way. <laughs> roundabout way, like, you know, drawing lines everywhere on a chart. You, you, we got Berrios in that trade. But yeah, Sherman's having a great year. I, I would, I think I'd do the same thing. I think I'd start, I would, I would start Manoa and have someone ready, ready in the bullpen. Like a stripling or or something, mass or yeah. someone just in case, because um, in case when it's one of, when it's one of those days where you know and he's a rookie that he's just a little wild that day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I think we forgot to mention. I, I don't know if we mentioned it in our last podcast or not, but speaking of getting nothing in return, we, we uh, at the trade deadline <laughs> get uh, who do we get from Washington? Brad Hand. Brad Hand for who's Riley having, Adams. For right for and uh now we've we've released we know we, have, we released brad hand and he got picked up by who did he get picked up by Let oh me, goodness i can't remember the mets yes the mets picked him up. so we've given up basically we gave away one of our top catching prospects for zilch yep anyways you can't yeah. predict the future and riley adams did well too when he went over to the the nationals yes yeah. You just like started hitting all of a sudden. It's like, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think we talked about this too. Like he was yeah. going to hit eventually. He's a big, strong kid. Yeah. Yeah. It, and for the Jays, I mean, you had to. If if a team's saying we'll give you our closer, who had who's had success, yes. Where you're like you're really in a depth chart. Probably your your fifth or probably your sixth catcher, really in depth chart wise, and over the organization, you're going to probably make that trade. Unfortunately, it didn't work out for the Jays. You, you can't win them all. But. You can't win them all. And, and you know what? Um, let's, let's be honest. We have good catching depth. Absolutely. So we're probably thinking uh, it's, it's a loss, but it's not going to hopefully not bite us in the rear in the future. It's really interesting. We'll get your thoughts on this too, Ivan. We'll get, uh, it's really interesting to see how the Jays are kind of juggling their catching right now. Cause right now they're carrying three catch, three, three catchers. Yeah. Um, Jansen, Kirk, and McGuire. Yep. And they're all hitting well. They're all hitting. Uh, and <laughs> their, their defense isn't too shabby. And especially Jansen. Jansen's batting, I think, 370. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna check his game log. Since he I'll came check, from the uh, since he came back from his injury. Injury. He's batting like 370, and he's got some power. His defense looks good. The kind of the guy we we're kind of hoping we'd have last. Started this year, yeah. So he's hitting 381 since <laughs> June, July 4th. 
381 with five home runs over 47 plate appearances. That's an OPS of 1.352. Ridiculous, right? Like, yep. and then you have, I think Kirk who's batting about what, what 280 now, 275. He's hitting home runs. He's catching Robbie Ray. And then I don't know what, I don't know what McGuire is batting right now, but uh, he's got to be close to 270. I would imagine even hit a, he got a base hit the other night. 263 and Kirk yeah. is 273. Right. And then Jansen. And, and the nice thing is, is like, so McGuire is your left-handed bat, right? So yeah. if you've, if you're facing a, a tough, you know, righty or whatever, or somebody was tough on righties, then you throw him in there. He'll give you good at bats because he seems to be falling off a ton of pitches. Yeah. And, uh, and he hustles down the line. I've noticed that like he'll hit a ground ball and he's the guy that busts his butt right up the line. He was the one, I, I think it was McGuire that hit that, that ball to, deep in the shift and he ran it out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And he, he, I mean, he's got a lot to prove. Yep. He <laughs> he's really made is. a lot of mistakes, right? So he's got some, some things to prove. I, it'll be a really interesting off season. we don't want to get too much into it now because there's a lot to talk about when we're in the off season. Yeah. But I mean, these catch, this is a good position for the Jays to be in. So I guess we'll, uh, that's, that's about it. I think for, for our, that's about it. We've all these runs we've scored and it's been almost an hour of the show. I guess we, we can move on to our, our, our segment of around the horn. So this week, a uh, matter of fact, a couple of days ago was the Holland fame inductions. And, uh, Top of some other guys, two of the, the main draws, I guess you could call them, was uh, Larry Walker, former Montreal Expo. Captain Canada. And, <laughs> yeah, with his SpongeBob pin on yep. his, his suit. <laughs> and uh, Derek Jeter uh, were inducted to the uh, Hall of Fame. Yep. So Larry Walker, was a, uh, he's an MVP. He's a five-time All-Star, seven-time Gold Glover three-time Silver Slugger, three-time batting champion. He had a overall war of 72.7. He retired with 2,160 hits, 383 home runs, and a 313 batting average. What is pretty interesting about Larry Walker is that he he really, he was just as good of a hitter, I would say, outside of Coors Field as he was in Coors Field. And, and that's one thing that a lot of people mention because, you know, the people always say, well, the, the ballpark effect of, you know, playing in Mile High Stadium, you know, really affected his stats. But it really didn't because no, his, stats, his splits were good at home and away. It is, it is MVP year at home. He bet at 384, 460 on base, 460 on base. <laughs> At home, 709 slugging and a 1.169 OPS. On the road, he actually hit more home runs on the road. He hit 29 home runs on the road compared to 20. Uh, he hit 346 on the road, so his batting average is a little lower. 443 on base. He slugged higher, 7 through to 33, and had a better OPS on the road his MVP year. So you, you can't really say that Larry Walker was – he was helped by Coors Field, sure, but he was just as good a hitter, I think, on the road. Uh, do you think he's a, do you, would, would you, if, if you could pick, would you give Larry Walker the hall of fame? I would say yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what a lot of um, writers do is they look at their peak years. Yeah. In comparison to other people that have had like, and they just take, okay, these are your peak years. So what's your average war? What's your average performance? And then compare that to other hall of famers. 
and uh, I think his numbers are right up there. He's and he, and he's a, he was a good base dealer. Yep. He wasn't stealing 40 bases, but he's stealing 20, 15, 20 bases a year. Had a um, cannon for an arm. And a great, yeah, a great fielder, right? Uh, yeah, I. It, it's funny because I, I used to be one of these hardcore, like, to get in the Hall of Fame, you needed either 3,000 hits or 500 <laughs> home runs. That was that was the standard. Yeah. Um, but I, I think baseball is kind of evolving. The Hall of Fame is kind of evolving now. You don't need those benchmarks to get into the Hall of Fame. I I think Larry Walker is a Hall of Famer. Uh, if you listen to his his speech, he said uh, in his Hall of Fame speech, he said he's a guy from Canada, didn't know a lot about baseball starting. He's a hockey player. So he he says in the, in the little, he's playing in the Little League. I don't know if it was a Little League, little league World Series or Little League qualifying. Anyways, something like that. He like, gets to first base and uh, the hit and run, it's called hit and runs on. So he decides he's going to run. He's hit and runs on. Pitch comes in. He takes off for a second. Uh, doesn't notice the, doesn't notice right away that the ball has been a fly ball, so he's got to run back. Runs back, slides back into first base. Umpire calls him out. And he said so he's clearly beat the tag or beat the beat the play at first. And then he starts giving some colorful language to the umpire. <laughs> and then uh, the first base coach grabs him by the arm and says, no, Larry, you're out. Like, you, there's no doubt you're out. And he starts yelling at yelling the coach, took us back to the dugout and was told uh, he learned that apparently you can't cut through the diamond on the way back to first base. Still have to go around second. <laughs> Still have to go around second. <laughs> so that was a pretty cool uh, Hall of Fame speech. And the other guy, the other guy. Actually, the other before guy. you get to the other yeah, guy, sure. I, I got to love the fact that he thanked his family. Yeah. Nice. So Larry Walker gave a shout out to his family, his mom, Mary, his dad, Larry, his brothers, Barry, Carrie, and Gary. <laughs> That's fantastic, right? I, I think there's a theme going on with their names. <laughs> it's almost like George Foreman and all his kids being called George. <laughs> the other uh, bum that got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I have a love-hate relationship with Derek Jeter. I mean, if if I could have Derek Jeter on my team, I would. Yeah. As a second baseman. <laughs> uh, this, is a, this is an argument we have after ball and having a few beers at the ball field all the time but anyways i digress we'll talk about Derek jeter uh was a rookie of the year he's a four time 14 time all-star uh, five-time world series he's in the world series for five i guess world, world series winner he won five rings yeah that makes sense yeah uh, five-time gold glover which how do you win a gold glove when you have a negative zone rating right and this is this is my this is the crux of my argument, but anyways, yeah. five-time Silver Slugger, World Series MVP, and uh, Mr. November. <laughs> What's that? Mr. November. Mr. November, an All-Star MVP. He had a, a WAR of seventy-one point three, lower than Larry Walker's, uh, but he did have thirty-four hundred sixty-five hits, two hundred sixty home runs, and it, that wasn't his game. His home runs was definitely not what he did, but yeah, three ten batting average, career batting average, still lower than Larry Walker's, but yeah. And uh, he didn't play a course field as well. I'll give him, he did play with a short porch and right field. But anyways, you can argue about this all you want. Uh, you can't I, deny he was a good hitter. I think he was a, a fantastic hitter. And if, 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 if I ever needed a guy to come to the plate with, to get a base hit, Derek Cheater's the guy I want Yeah. under that, in that pressure situation. I, I can't think of anybody else to be completely honest. And I'm not a Derek Cheater 
fan. I'm not a Yankees fan. I just, I, I don't, I, I just, and the argument we always have with Derek Jeter is that he was, he was a hall of fame shortstop. Well, he played shortstop. Not very well. Not well though. I mean, he made some great plays. There's no denying that, <clears throat> but so, I mean, even a broken clock is going to be right twice. <laughs> So, and so let's, and we, we've, this is an argument we've had on our, like, <laughs> here we go. Here we go. Yeah. With our teammates from our ball team, uh, two guys that are really strong supporters, Derek Jeter. And again, I'm not saying he's not a hall of famer, not like Chipper Jones isn't a hall of famer, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think Derek Jeter is a gold glove caliber shortstop. He that's is all not. I'm, that's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. I think he was a second baseman playing shortstop. He played shortstop because by the time who's going to move him? Yeah, he wanted. To, he was he was your captain. He wants to play shortstop. He's playing shortstop, and he, I think you had good enough defense on that team to really like get Tino Martinez at first. Could you know? Arod at third was amazing. Right. So yeah, you, you guys covering a lot because even even so when, Cano, when they had Arod was at second. When they exactly so they had good defense <clears throat> around him, right? Yeah. Um, when you had. A Rod coming to the Yankees, who should have been playing short was A Rod, and everybody knew that. But Derek Jeter played short because he wanted to play short. Yeah, fine. I mean, if you can, uh, and Derek Jeter, and don't get me wrong, Derek again, Derek Jeter is a Hall of Famer, no yeah. doubt in my mind. He's got 3,465 hits. That's yeah. ridiculous. That's yeah, a lifetime 310 batting average. I mean, it's, <laughs> and again, and if there's anybody, if I wanted to hit yeah. in a pressure situation, the guy I'm calling up is Derek Jeter. And, and let's be honest, the guy was the personification of a baseball player right yeah never got into trouble he was you know one of those guys that shows up every day you know rarely injured you never had any headaches with the guy from all accounts he was a great clubhouse leader yeah so that's that's the guy you want on your team right you don't want troublemakers and and he had to deal with a rod <laughs> well that's i would just love to say that exactly so when a rod comes comes to the team those are two big egos and A-Rod having a way bigger ego than, than Derek Jeter, I would imagine. And he handled that beautifully, right? Yep. And you're right. There was never any, no discussion of steroids, no like, I mean, he, there was always like his stuff was sleeping with a lot of beautiful women, <laughs> but whatever. He was a short chef for the Yankees. He can do whatever he wanted. Um, yeah, I, he, yeah, right. He was a, the Yankees get that a lot, right? These yeah. get these like, perfect, like captains of their team that, you know, anyways, he, he's a, He's a Hall of Famer, just not a good shortstop. <laughs> and the, and let me just say the play that okay, the one play that everybody always talks about, right? Now, well, there's there's two. He he was he they always talk about his like his his ability to throw like that jump throw in the air from short deep in the hole. Yeah. Well, if he was positioned properly or it had the range, he wouldn't have to make that throw in the air. I digress. The one major one that we always talk about was the play against in the playoffs against the A's to kind of turn the series around when uh, Jeremy Jami was running home. Yeah, we all know that if Jeremy Jami had simply slid, he'd have been safe. <laughs> like, I know it was a great heads heads up. It, to be it was. Honest, I don't even I don't even think that that it changed the trajectory of the ball very much. It might have sped it up a little bit from him backhanding. So, if those of you who don't know this play, I'm talking about YouTube it. Derek Jeter play with the with the against the A's. You'll see it right away. It was a. I don't even know what the, I don't know what the play was like a double out and, or a single out in the right yeah. field. 
Well, I think what happened is he read that the ball's trajectory from the outfielder was going to miss the two cutoffs because he had the second baseman and the first baseman were playing cutoff. Yeah. And they, they it just cleared both of them. So he right away ran from short to try to cut it off and then flip it over to the catcher. It was, I mean, it was a really heads up play. It was. It was. Um, but tell me, Slade, you safe. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. So another baseball news around the horn. We have uh, Ryan Braun announced his retirement. Yeah, quietly. Very quietly. I think it was like a, a video on the scoreboard at uh, in Milwaukee. So Ryan Braun's kind of a really interesting character, right? Yeah, he um, caught up in. Yeah, he got the MVP. Caught up in the the steroid scandal. And that that story it's in itself is a really interesting one. That's the one where he, uh, I guess he had tested. And I, I, I was trying to read the story before we, we were making this podcast. I guess he had tested positive for steroids uh, for performance enhancing drugs um, the year before, but appealed it and got cleared. Uh, and then <laughs> made his big press conference and whatever. And then he got caught again. Yeah. Um, so he got caught twice and the second time he actually admitted to using like a, the, the clear whatever that from Belco that uh, yeah. testosterone enhancer or whatever so and I, I don't he was a good ball player and it's funny because eh? if, if you look at guys that from when I really started really following baseball in the, in the 90s um, as an adult I guess I could name you off the top of my head guys that I knew were on steroids like Brady Anderson, Luis Gonzalez, Juan Gonzalez, Mark McGuire, Sammy. So, I mean, those guys look like they were juicing. Barry Bonds. Barry, yeah. <laughs> most obvious one, right? Barry Bonds. <laughs> but when you look at Ryan Braun, you don't think, I didn't think juicer. Nope. But uh, in any event, kind of a sad, he just kind of went quietly into the night. And Is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think he was a really good ball player for his era, but yep. not, not a Hall of Famer, especially with this whole steroid issue. So again, around the league, we have somehow, so I guess we'll, we'll I'll, let me catch my breath here. So this was over the Giants. The Giants had a one point, I think, 7% chance of making the playoffs on the start of the year. I don't know who predicts this, uh, but that was, that was the percentage they gave them. And then they were the first team to clinch a playoff spot. Clinch a playoff spot. <laughs> this is exactly they're, they're what we were saying before. They're exactly like the Tampa Bay Devil Rays. The Devil Rays. Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, where they they don't have. They, I think I, I think I can name you. Well, okay. I, I mean, I'll, I'm going to name the players I, I really can think of off the top of my head, which is Brandon Crawford, their shortstop. Um, Buster Posey's their catcher. Yeah. Yastrzemski is playing somewhere in the outfield. Yeah. That's all I got. Yeah, pitching. Logan, Logan Webb is a pitcher. Yeah, and pitching wise, yeah, exactly. Like, what? How are they doing this? And then it's not like they're in a weak. Div- it's not. Like, it's not like they're playing in the the American League Central. Well, that's exactly it, right? They're they're facing the Dodgers and the San Diego Padres regularly, and beating them. And beating them. It's it, it's a really fantastic story. I I hope. I hope the Jays meet them in the World Series. That would be awesome. <laughs> I, I really think I, I hope they make it far in the, in the playoffs, and uh, they, they're a great they're a great story. But in other news, we have now that the Cardinals, who were I think uh, at the trade deadline, 
I think they were seven and a half games out or the wild card or whatever. So they went out and got uh, Jay Happ from Minnesota and John Lester, I think from the Cubs. I think he was still playing for the Cubs. I don't know. Yeah. No, no one really cared yeah. <laughs> because, well, like Happ's what, 39, 40? Yeah, he's. Lester's like 39, 40. Yeah. <laughs> so their staff. If you look at their, but they're now, I think Hop has got an ERA with, uh, with St. Louis of like two something. Lester is around three. And Adam Wainwright, who's their 39 year old pitcher is having a resurgence. Like it's, they've, they've made a playoff spot. Yep. I mean, it's also due to the fact that Mets have kind of crumbled a little bit, but if you look at the, did you watch the game between, or see, at least see the highlights between the Mets and the Yankees? Yeah. <laughs> that, that was Pretty wild. That was a, it, it was so the game. The game we're talking about. And I think it's the game you're, you're thinking of as well. There was it was a back and forth kind of game. Lindor, who hasn't been hasn't turned out to be like the. I don't think he's the player that the Mets thought they were getting originally. I mean, it, to be, he had a bad start. Yeah, and like I think the Jays dodged a bullet by not getting him. <clears throat> right. Uh, there'd be some issues. Yeah, and then Bichette would be playing. I mean. Who do you want now, Lindor, or do you want Simeon? I want Simeon. Exactly. <laughs> right now, if, hindsight being 2020, yeah, exactly. I want Simeon. Back then, I would have said, are you crazy? I want Lindor. But anyways, yeah. so I guess the game before, uh, the, 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 the Yankees were whistling. Yeah. Uh, whistling pitches. They're tipping pitches. So that's what the accusation was from the, the bench of the, uh, the Mets. So Lindor hits a home run, and then as he's rounding the bases, he starts doing this, like, whistling, whistling like thing with his fingers like yeah. pretending to whistle uh with his hand and that gets under the, the skin of the yankees and they start mouthing off and then giancarlo stanton he's a big dude he's a big dude <laughs> <laughs> uh he hits a home run i think to tie at the game or down by a run or whatever it was and he goes on and then he starts like melting off lindor as he's kind of passing him he, saying he practically stopped in mid yeah, mid home run trot yeah, and kind of staring at Lindor and like melting back off to them. So of course, what happens in New York? The Mets, Lindor hits a go-ahead home run. It was a wild. Yeah, it was a wild game. It was. It's fun to watch those interleague, like real rivalries, right? Yeah, the those, Subway Series is what they call them. Yeah, now. the Subway Series. Even when the, when the Cubs and the White Sox are playing each other, no matter where they are in the standings, at least it's a it's a, it's a fun game to watch. Had there be the had there been the Expos. Yeah, I long for the days of the uh, Canadian series. Yeah, Expos and Jays. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day the Rays become the Jays. The Rays <laughs> become the so, uh, Well, I'd hope. Just flip the standings. Um, yeah, so that's about, anything else you want to talk about from around the league? No, I think that uh, kind of covered. Oh, actually, you know what? I just want to kind of pull up like the league leaders. Right. All right. So we were, we kind of talked about the Cy Young, <clears throat> and right now we're talking about we want to talk about the uh the mvp and right. from all accounts it seems like everybody's gonna give shoei otani that mvp vote but let's take a look at the year that vladdy's having so vladdy right now in the american league he's leading in average he's leading in home runs with 45 and he's in third for rbis so he just needs to increase his RBI output, and he's, you know, I mean, we're talking the triple crown here. And to be, to be honest, say the Jays were out of it, I think today they would have sent. So 
Today he had two doubles, and both times Simeon was on first base, and I think both times he could have scored. Yeah, but it was nobody out, and they wanted to. Bichette was up, so they didn't want to. Obviously, you don't want you don't want to push it. But if he's down, if if, if it comes, if, I think if it comes down to the last part of the season, he needs like a couple RBIs. Be the you're sending Simeon. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. And uh, sorry, go ahead. And yeah, and I'm just, it's just sad that you're gonna get a a possible like if he gets the triple crown. I still don't think he's going to get the MVP. Right. But that would be so sad to see that happen, right? Could you, and you, 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 okay, and try to put your, it's, it'd be hard. I don't know yeah. if I could. Try to put your Blue Jays bias aside. Let it, even, even if he doesn't win the Triple Crown, he comes in like first in average, first in home runs, second in RBIs. Who gets, who gets the MVP? I, uh, I mean, Shohei Otani is doing stuff that we haven't seen in a hundred years. Right. And that's the thing. If he was a terrible pitcher, I'd be like, nah, whatever. I mean, you're a DH then. And you just, every once in a while you start and you blow it, <laughs> but he's, he's a good pitcher. So, so this is, this is a conversation. This is, again, comes back to our ball team talking around, around yeah. a beer. What is, so MVP, your most valuable player. Yeah. It's, and, I, and I'm not knocking Shohei Otani. You're right. What he's doing now is something we've never seen in a hundred years. Yeah. And you're right. He's a he's a good pitcher. He's got raised three three something three thirty eight, I think, around there. Yeah. He's, um, uh, I'll I'll pull up his stats really quick here. He's yeah. got. I think he's got one forty two home runs. Forty four. Forty four home runs. How many he's one behind, one behind. One behind Vlad. Yeah. He's batting like two eighty. But his team, this team is 70 and 74, putting them fourth in the AL West. I know. So if you look at his stats, so his batting average, he's he's been in a slump lately. So let's kind of keep that in mind. So his batting average is down to 257. At one point, he was at like 280. 280, yeah. But he's got 44 home runs, 94 RBIs. And then when you look at his pitching stats... He's got a 336 ERA over 115 innings. So it's not like he's not pitching a lot. He's putting right. in quite a few innings. It's it's really tough, right? So here's my here's my argument. Yeah. And I'm gonna be biased towards the chase. <laughs> I, told you, I told you not to. <laughs> if you take Shohei Otani off the Angels and, and you take Vladimir Guerrero off the Jays. I, I, are the Jays still where they are? Possibly. Possibly. Because, well, let, let's look at some of the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so when you look at the, the lead leaders in the AL, for batting average, Vladdy's first, Teoscar's four. For home runs, Vladdy's first, Simeon is four. For runs batted in, Vladdy's third, Teoscar's tied with him. For runs scored, Vladdy's first, Bichette's second, Simeon's third. And then for hits, Vladdy's first, Bichette's second. So we're looking at a team that has so much star power that I know Vladdy's playing a huge role in there, but losing him, I mean, it would hurt the team for sure. 
it would probably take him out of a playoff spot. Well, what's Vlade's war? Is it around what? Nine? Uh, let's go take a peek here. So Otani's war is 7.7. So let's look at Vladi. So you take seven wins off the Angels, and they're now at seven points. So let's say eight wins. They're at, they'll be 69 and 82. Vladi has got a war of six. So, I mean, I was, I, I've actually talked myself into giving it to Otani. Because <laughs> I think you get rid of Otani and that team, and they're a lot worse. Yeah. Right? And, and both sides of the ball. Yeah. That being said, this happens again next year. Where Otani, again, pitches 330 ERA. Does he, does, does he, does he get any only hits on 30 home runs? Yeah. But again, it's something we haven't seen in a hundred years or well, yeah. one year. <laughs> this type of, this person is a, this player is a generational type player. Yeah. Are we just gonna give him the MVP because he's good on both sides of the ball? And that's what's I mean, really it, it's almost like you're punishing players now because they don't play on both sides. I know, I know. And and that's where it kind of Kind of, it's it's tough to say. It's really tough to say. And and what I was watching Jeff Passan and John Paul Morosi on Tim and Sid yesterday, or Tim and Friends yesterday. Yeah. And um, both of them kind of said, like, really, like he's he's giving them a chance to win by hitting, but also by pitching. Right. Whereas Vlad is giving them a chance to win with their his hitting. Is he a Gold Glove glove uh, Gold Glove first baseman? Probably not this year, but he's pretty darn close. I, 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 right? would, I, I would be hard pressed to tell you right now I'm a first baseman who plays a better first base. And I'm biased because I, I watch more Jays gives than anybody else. But can you think of another first baseman right now in the league that's plays a better defensive first base? Um, I don't, I don't know. I'd have to kind of look at I'm, I'm blanking on actual first baseman i can see g-man Choi because we just saw him <laughs> play i thought too <laughs> like uh, trey mancini is not going to win a first uh, gold glove no stan luke, stone hands <laughs> luke voigt yeah luke voigt uh rizzo who played most of the time in the, in the national league might all right let's look at who won't first baseman all right so you've got Okay, so Vladdy leads right now in, in war for first baseman. Wow. He's not doing terribly. Goldschmidt, is, well, he's in the other league. Matt Olson. Matt Olson's a pretty solid defender. Right, that's true. Uh, that, is a good, that is a good pick. Yeah. But you're right. And, well, let's say, yeah, let's yeah. be fair. He's, and it's, it's, his, it's his first year playing first base. Probably doesn't win it this year. Ty France is another one Ty from France. Seattle. Right. Right, another good. Yeah, right. So yeah, he's in tough competition. Yeah, he's got tough competition. But I mean, my argument is like, Vladdy wins. Vladdy wins a triple crown. Yeah. Do you not, you not win the MVP. <laughs> I know, right? Like, but then somebody that, somebody mentioned uh, the year that Miguel Cabrera won the triple crown. A lot of people were shouting that um, that uh, Mike Trout should have won the MVP that year. Because he was better defensively, and he gave up stats that were similar to Cabrera, but his actual defensive metrics were way better than Cabrera, and right. that he should have won the MVP. 
but I mean, like it's, it's hard to argue, right? It's so tough because you've got two career years happening right now. Well, in, in Vlad's short career yeah. of three years, yeah, it's a career. Let's, I, I, I'm going to hazard a guess. He, he, he does. I don't know if he, I want to say that. I don't know if he eagles his pace next year, but maybe he does. Maybe he does. Right. Maybe, maybe this is Vlad's baseline. Exactly. And, and that's what we're, we're hoping, right? I mean, we've seen players that kind of keep this up year after year. He might not get a triple crown chance again, where his average might be super high, but maybe somebody else is hitting 50 home runs and he's only got 39. Right. Or he's, you know, his average is a little down. Maybe he's hitting 286, but he's got 50 home runs and 120 RBIs. Like we don't know what we're going to get, but it's, we're expecting elite performance from him from now on. If I was a baseball writer, I would be hard. I would be hard pressed not to give Otani the MVP. Yeah. But man, if Vlad wins a triple crown, <laughs> like at least at least at least they should share it, right? Like, oh, MVP. Like, and then again, my my argument is: at what point does not the not the not not, not the the shimmer, but like what? At what point does that kind of stop? Like at what point does he automatically get the MVP award because he hits yeah. and pitches? Yeah. And you're right. It's and I'm not uh, and please not minimizing his not minimizing the fact that he yeah. he's a good pitcher. Yeah. Like someone said, I read an article today where they, they compared him to Matt Scherzer. He said Matt Scherzer pitcher. I said, well, okay, what? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> oh, Matt Scherzer's got like a two seventeen ERA since he's joined the Dodgers. Like he's yeah. been unbelievable. He's not Matt Scherzer. No. He is a probably a really good number two. Right and, now. and he's having a good year. He wasn't like this before. Right. Like he's, he had, a, he had, I, I know he had an injury there. So his pitching was kind of off, but even when he came in, when he was a full on pitcher, he, and they weren't sure if they were going to DH him and play every day or not. Um, he wasn't that great a pitcher. He had what, like a four ERA, four, right. eight something ERA. And he's batting 257, which or 250, whatever. Um, that's not great. No. Well, I don't. I don't know what his on base is, and that's really more of a. His on base is three sixty. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, so I mean, he's a good hitter. I'm, I, I just, I, I, to me, it's at what point do we like not give him the MVP because he can do one? Yeah. Above average, other one average, a little bit above. Like easily, I would say he's above average pitcher. He's an above average hitter. Obviously, he's got 40, 44 jacks, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say he's an above average hitter. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 if I was Vladdy, I'd be like, "Come on, man! Come on, man! I know, right? I know. I feel the same way because I'm like, man, that he's having such a great season. But here's the other thing, right? Uh, I remember Donaldson when he won his MVP. Mike Trout was right there with him. Yeah. And they gave it to Donaldson. And one of the things that swayed them was the fact that the Jays were a playoff team and the A's weren't. Right. So maybe this sways like, hey, right. this guy that's helped his team into the playoffs. That's a good point because even when Donaldson was playing for the Jays, they had Batista and Encarnacion, yep. um, Russell Martin. I mean, they had, they had some good hitters like, like, like Vlad, right? Teoscar. Yep. When you were mentioning just now like the, the stats are just just ridiculous ridiculous 
Like, so we're talking about Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who's been their hottest hitter. I think he's got 25 RBIs in the month of September. Yeah. Only <laughs> on the 15th of September. <laughs> he's batting seventh. And a lineup that features um, George Springer, who's on one leg, yeah. but still got 15 home runs and batting 260 and can still run bases really well, as we've seen the past couple of days. Yeah. You've got, and then you've got Simeon, who's hit 39 home runs, batting 270. Vlad Guerrero, Triple Crown, um, Bobachet, 293, 25 home runs. Well, Second. if I would have told you three years ago that Teoscar Hernandez was going to be fourth in average in the American no League, no. right? No, no way. <laughs> if you said fourth in home runs, really? I, I would have believed. Because he at that point, we didn't know who Teoscar, I don't think we knew who Teoscar was, right? Yeah. We, we knew he's a, he's a power threat. Um, but he chased a lot of bad pitches. And I think his most he had hit was 27 home runs that were 25 home <laughs> runs. Yeah. He's, he's turned out to be a hitter. He's Selective. one heck of a... So here's the thing, right? We're looking at the MVP voting. Vladdy's going to get votes. Simeon's going to get votes. And Teoscar's going to get votes. Right. So I think if you put Simeon on a different team, let's say you put Simeon on the White Sox. Yeah. Batting 270, home runs, 100, 100 RBIs, or close to 100 RBIs, playing, you've got four errors all year, even though one costs him. Costs yeah. Him. <laughs> um, he'd be talked about for MVP. Yeah. I think the, you put Teoscar Hernandez on the, on the on the Astros. Yeah. He'd be talked about for MVP. So you're right. We just, we just happen to have them all on one team. On one team. And and that's amazing. It's like, like you said yesterday, the, the game was boring to watch yesterday because it was 2-0. It's the typical Rays. The, I don't know what it is with the Rays. Shift, just Shift everywhere. and just uh. boring. But then when they, like today, that was only 6-3. to three, But, man, it's fun to watch him hit. And Vladdy is on. He is hitting lasers. Um, like that home run the other day that just barely cleared the wall. But it was like a line shot. I've never seen a ball hit that low get out. You know, well, it almost happened again today. The double yeah, off the wall. The double off the wall. Bichette, I was worried because yesterday Bichette looked terrible. Like just, he looked like he didn't have a clue up there. He didn't like yeah. he didn't want to be up there. He was swinging at pitches. The last, the second strikeout, I think, was like it was a, it was like five feet off the plate. He swung like flail out of changeup. Was awful. But then today he comes in and hits a home run, <laughs> drives in four runs. Like it's just, yeah. This team, I, I don't know where there's a hole. You want to see Gritchick, kind of? Gritchick, when he's in the lineup? Like Dickerson? Dickerson, Lamb. I mean, but that's that's the, the joy of this team, right? So right now, they don't have an actual third baseman. No, we have Valera and... Uh, and Lamb. Lamb. Yeah. And what happened to Kevin Smith? Uh, I think they sent him back down. Really? Yeah. I think. I'm not really sure. I like but him. yeah, so I mean, you've got... I mean, Valera, like, granted, Valera's been hitting great. You can't ask much more of him. He's a switch hitter. He's a solid defender. And he's actually getting on base and, and getting hits. And they're timely hits too, which is nice. So I don't, I don't know where Biggio is on the road to recovery. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's ready to come back. I think you've learned uh, this year that he's expendable. Yep. I mean, if you need to trade him in the offseason for a reliever, yeah. another starter, I mean, he's expendable, right? You've got enough depth now in your system that you know you can. And I like Bijou. I'm a big Bijou fan, but yeah, 
And at this point right now, I think it all depends on whether or not they can re-sign Semyon. Right. Because if you can re-sign Semyon, then yeah, Biggio is expendable. And, and players will pay a pretty penny for a player that can play all over the diamond. Yeah. And who has a great eye, left-handed bat. You know, people are always looking for lefties. Well, before we talk about the offseason, yep. <laughs> let's talk about this season. Um, let's move on to our blue chips and dip. I think we're getting kind of short on time. Yep. Uh, our blue chips and dip segment. Now, I, we were kind of hemming and hawing about who we should, you know, we've talked about a lot of prospects, but we, we kind of agreed that we should talk about the Buffalo Bisons yeah. in general. The Buffalo the Bisons. Were, sorry? The team. <laughs> the team. The whole team itself. They're in first place. Our AAA team is 69 and 43. So it's not this, not just the Jays that are on a roll. In the last 10 games, the Bisons are 8 and 2. And that just kind of goes to show how good our farm system is. Right, and if you look on the, I, 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 I would think we're both pretty up to date on our, our prospects. And uh, when I was looking at the, the, the leaders on this team, I, I, it was hard. I was hard pressed to, you know, uh, apart from Wagus Pack <laughs> and pitching, like, I didn't know half these guys. Um, but Kevin Smith leads the team with a 286 average and 19 home runs, 64 RBIs. <laughs> I think he'll be in a position next year to push for third base. And depending on what happens with Simeon, maybe second. Yep. Uh, but the guy, so kudos to the Bisons. I would love to see them, you know, win the division and make some noise in the playoffs. That'd be great for the city of Buffalo, especially since they uh, ho- um, hosted Toronto for such a long time, did such a great job. But one guy that got a little, get a cup of coffee in the majors is Brian Barker. He's the closer for, uh, for the Bisons. And this year, He's got, uh, he's appeared in 35, 35 games. He's pitched 36 and 36 innings and a third. He's got 43 strikeouts and a uh, 0.096 whip. Yeah. The 149 ERA. And he's 26 years old. 26. I don't know where they've been hiding this guy. <laughs> I think you mentioned it before. Like uh, yeah. when they called him up, when they called him up and Pearson. And Pearson, yeah. And he said, where's this guy been? Like, I know I had never heard of this guy and we've been looking for bullpen depth, like for exactly for months. And this guy's sitting in our minor league system. Like why was he up earlier? He was a lights out closer for the Bisons for most of the season. I mean, if he can continue, if he can, I mean, he's, he's pitched one, one he's pitched one inning with Toronto. Yep. He went up with a hit, I think. And uh, one hit and no, no runs. And one strikeout. I think he's got a strikeout. And one strikeout. Yeah. I mean, so right now, so, Yay, Brian Barker, yay, Bison's. So <laughs> back to the Blue Jays. Um, <laughs> so right now our bullpen, and I think we should probably wrap it up on this. Yeah. Our bullpen right now, that was our, 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 our biggest, our crux, right? That was, that was our, our Achilles heel, and I think everybody could agree, agree with me on that one. So we have Romano closing, who's looked, in safe situations, he's looked good. Yeah. Uh, in safe situations, he's kind of got beat up a little bit, but we got uh, Tim Meza, who's looked good. Simber. Just looked pretty good. Not bad. Yeah. Richards, who I said earlier, is like an ama- a surprising seven and two. Yeah. And his last what, four outings have been pretty good. Then you have uh, Nate Pearson, maybe throwing 100 out of them. And then Merriweather, who I, he hasn't pitched again since that one outing in Baltimore. No. It's, uh, I'm thinking he just needs to get his feel again. <clears throat> yeah. I hope he's not hurt again or he's not. Yeah. I, I think what's happened is that like 
he, they, they brought him up and then they're like, well, we can't just let him sit there. We need to right. use these guys. And they were hoping that they would have a blowout game. <clears throat> and then they ended up using him in that one game where they kind of lost against the uh, Orioles. But uh, well, see, And that's why I'm surprised, to be honest. That's why today I was surprised. And it was six to one and they put Soria in. Yeah. I thought that'd be a perfect opportunity to put Merriweather in. It's not a safe situation. You're still up by five runs. That's why I was like, maybe he's twinned something again, or they're just, I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But really, overall, the bullpen looks relatively healthy. Yeah. And, and you've got some guys that are doing well. I mean, you've, like you said, Mesa has been pretty solid. He's had a few rough outings, but for the most part, he's been pretty reliable. Simber has been pretty decent you can't put him in a closed situation oh and he's yeah he's not a close he's not a closer he's not a high leverage situation guy right but and and richards looks like he's got his stuff together again so he's you know pitching well so yeah and, and, and you know what if nate pearson comes in and, and does a decent job he i saw in an interview yesterday with hazel may he kind of said he's following uh jordan romano's lead um, oh, nice. just to kind of figure out because he's been a starter his whole life right so He's like, I got to figure out how to kind of prep myself, you know, in short order. How do I prep myself before a game? Do I, I don't never know when you're going to go in. Right. So he's been kind of following and shadowing uh, Romano, which is good. Yeah. I mean, if you get to me, if you get Merriweather back to, to healthy and can pitch like he did before he went in the IL. Yeah. Could you imagine having Pearson and Merriweather and Romano pitching the seventh, eighth and ninth? Yeah, hundred, hundred, hundred. That reminds me of the the Royals that beat the Jays in uh, twenty fifteen. Twenty fifteen. Yeah. That bullpen that was that basically won the series for them, right? Yeah. Played seven, seven, eight, nine. But in any event, uh, let's uh, let's hope the Jays take three from Minnesota. That'd be nice. Sweet Minnesota. And uh, take some more from New York, and we'll see what happens next week. Yep. Okay, everybody, for myself, Mickey, and my uh, partner in crime, Ivan. Have a good week, guys. Have a good week, everybody. We'll talk to you, hopefully not in two weeks.